This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. If a parent is unsure about their money habits and everything else, they're not going to be not going to be out there promoting the fact that they don't know anything. This is why this game is a great way to play with the kids because the parents will actually get a lot of aha moments in a very, very basic way. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is session number 92. My name is Andy Hill, and today we're going to be talking about common sense money principles that we can teach our children. This stuff the important stuff that's going to help them succeed in life. Given that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, according to CNBC, we need to start early so our kids will have better lives than we do. Let's give our kids the very best, right? That's what we're all hoping for. That's why we're listening to this show right now. It all starts with common sense principles, and we're going to be chatting about that today. And there's no one better to talk about these elementary and crucial math skills than Paul Vasey. Paul is the founder of Cash Crunch Games. This is a series of games for kids that teach money habits that will help them not live paycheck to paycheck and truly win in life. Actually, last night, Paul, my six-year-old Zoe and I played Cash Crunch Jr., and she loved it. We practiced counting money together. We discussed the consequences of spending all of your money. These are great lessons that my little girl is learning. So back to you for a second here. Paul is a former business studies teacher from the UK. He moved to Southern California and started this business focused on financial literacy. He's also happily married and loves talking about money just like me. So he's perfect for the show. Welcome to the show, Paul. How's it going? Hey, Andy, how you doing? Great to be here. I am great. I'm great, Paul. So, Paul, where did you come up with the idea for Cash Crunch Games? Well, as you said, I was a, I was a school teacher for, for 12 years in the UK, and uh, I would teach business and marketing and all those kind of things. And when I would do the marketing, you know, it was easy. The kids go, oh, yeah, bit, you know, cookies, and you know, mint choc chip or whatever, and that, that's what they would do. But I said, right, kids, today we're going to do about money. We're going to talk about money and business. And they go, can't do it, sir. I said, what do you mean you can't do it? I said, can't do it. It's, it, it, it's money and math. It's math. I can't do it. And I, and I realized that there was a huge disconnect between math and money. But they also realized that they actually knew more they, than they knew. So I, I experimented and I played a Monopoly game and a Payday game and all these kind of other games. And I developed an own little board game. And, and these kids were actually, they knew more than they, they thought they knew. And they were doing side hustles. They were buying buying property and said, well, I can't afford this. Who wants to come in with me? And we'll share the profits. And we'll, you know, and I was like, whoa, hang on. You told me you couldn't do any of this. And then they realized, oh, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. But it's just intimidation, and that's what made me get into into board games as a way of teaching kids. Because because if you make a kid an expert on anything, you can't shut them up. They will tell you what to do. So no doubt your daughter, when she was playing the game, if you counted wrong, she would have caught you out. Oh, you yeah. know, or or she was telling you actually, daddy, you know that's eighteen cents, and you need this, this, this. Or have you ever been you ever been in the in the car and your kids are in the back seat and you go the wrong way and say that's not the right way. They know. 
I try to put my daughter in that position actually. So she can help me like, Hey, if I'm ever looking at my phone when I'm around you or I'm in the car, like call me out on it <laughs> because stuff. kids, kids, kids are smart, man. They, they absorb this. And you're exactly right. Last yeah. night when we were playing together, uh, after she understood the rules and everything like yeah. that, um, she, was telling me all the way the ways that I should be moving the pieces and how I should be counting the money, how, what the, what the dice um, you know said. So it's like these yeah. elementary quick things they're starting to yeah. latch onto yeah. and get excited about. So so I, I played the game last night, but I'd love to hear from you. How do these games work? Well, um, the idea is I wanted to make it in such a way that, you know, they are handling money and they're figuring out money and making decisions about money and learning the value of money. So you're going to die, you're going to board, you roll the dice, you land on a square and it's either a, um, a green square, a red square, a yellow square or a purple square. And you pick up a card. Which, which relates that. So the red square would be an expense. So what I wanted to do was get them into the habit of thinking, oh, I'm spending money. It's not a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing if you do things wrong. You know, so there's consequences. Because a lot of people, when they spend, they don't understand there's consequences to spending. You know, they see something in a store and they go, oh, I bought this. And they forget that actually that may be in their budget money for something else. And then is that the reason why there's debt? So it might be um, you haven't cleaned your room or you haven't done your homework or you've been naughty and you're getting punished or you're buying candy. And then you land on a green square. It's you've been good. You've helped with the, you help put groceries away. You've got good grades. You made your bed. You've been kind to somebody. And then yellow card is a decision. Do you want a milkshake? Or do you want water in a restaurant? And the value and you know you get the milkshake, but then the money's been spent on that, so you've lost something else. And then the the activity card is say something nice to somebody next to you or opposite you or you know make change. You know, you spend a dollar and you spend 81 cents. How much is a change? So it was just trying to bring as much real life into it as possible. And then we have a checking account, a savings account, because we were all about that, and a Debbie debt square. So they get they get $15 to start with. And every time they go around the allowance, capacity allowance, they get $2 a week. And the idea is the winner is the one with the most savings. And you, you play for a specified time. But every time you spend money, you have to put it in the Debbie debt square. And the, the reason why I wanted to do that, and I think adults should do this as well, is, is, is get, their, get their paycheck for the week. Get the monopoly money out. And every time you spend something, put that money in a pile. So what I'm good is getting the kids, every time they spend 30 cents, 60 cents, dollar twenty, they're putting in the Debbie debt square and they're seeing the money rise. You know, it grows. Now, if an adult actually had to do that, I think they'd be in a shock of actually how quick... They spend the money and where it's gone. And they go, I didn't realize I spent this much today. You know, even if you go to a Starbucks or you go somewhere like that and you buy a paper, that's eight, seven, eight dollars. You know, seven or eight dollars times five is forty dollars. What could you have done with forty dollars, Andy? You know, you, you, forty bucks is a lot of money. That's a family's cinema or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you've got choices. So I just wanted to teach kids the, the value of money and making choices and actually seeing what the actions are and the reactions and then the consequences. Well, thank you for creating something that not only allows my daughter to learn, but to have fun. And you've created it in a really exciting way. One of the cards actually uh, yeah. uh, um, sparked some 
interest last night zoe picked up i think it was one of the yellow cards where uh-huh. it said um you have a friend that is in need yeah. and he needs a dollar do you give him the dollar or do yeah. you not give him the dollar and yeah. since we've been having lots of discussions with zoe about giving and the importance mm-hmm. of that she decided even though it goes against your savings at the end she yeah. decided to put that uh, dollar yeah. towards her friend so it's just this interesting conversation so you can have with an elementary age uh, uh, kids yeah. it's great well, also the on the flip side of that, one of the one of the cards is: Would you lend your friend wants to lend you borrow the bicycle your your bicycle? Mm-hmm. So, are you going to lend your bicycle? And then you know you'll see these kids, and we've played this game before, and they'll I say, right, would you lend the bike? No, and I say why? He says because they don't look after anything they have. <laughs> you know. So then on the other hand, you're thinking, well, actually, you're teaching. Well, would they lend that bike to you? Yes, because I always return it the way I, I receive it. You know, or I always clean it down, and, and that's how I was brought up. You borrow the car, you always put fuel in afterwards. Um, but then some people borrow your car, and the tank's empty, and it's filthy, and there's wrappers in because they don't actually care. So that was another element that I wanted to bring in the game, that actually, if you're going to lend something out, the person borrowing should actually see the value in that and look after it. So it's another discussion within a discussion. I love it. I love it. So uh, talk age groups. What is uh, what are the age ranges? I'm playing with my daughter is six, and I know that's like on the early side of these games. What yeah. um, what are the age ranges you're doing for these games? So so um, Castro's Junior. I mean, you could play at five years old. You know, four even just holding their money and counting. So you can do whatever you want from the point that you're saying. Well, in the game, the money's there. Where you're actually counting money. There's fractions. There's decimals on the on the paper. Um, five, six, seven. So the the oldest I would really say is is seven to five to twelve. Really for this board game. Obviously, you're going to play with you know with with your kids and you're going to sit with your family and talk about it. But I've played it with adults and. And it's shocking how many adults can't even make change. And we were sitting around the table and my husband was going, no, no, because I was, I was testing it out kind of thing. <laughs> so, and then I have um, an online game for 13 to 21, teaching the same concepts because money habits doesn't change regardless. You can't spend more than you have. You've got to know the value and you've always got to make decisions on what you're going to spend your money on. And savings is savings. So it's, it's basically from five, six, all through to 21. That's great. That's great. So, you know, uh, obviously you're talking about the conversations that uh, mm-hmm. get sparked through yep. playing this game with with kids and, and adults. So do you do you find that parents just generally have a tough time talking to their kids about money? Is that something that pops up for you in, in your conversations with parents? Yeah, because a lot of the time, as I said, you know, I mentioned before with the kids, um, a lot of them are still intimidated by math and money. They don't, you know, they can't seem to make that. And a lot of parents, I mean, what they don't want to do is admit that they don't know something in front of their kids because the, the parent is supposed to be the oracle of everything and they come to you for the, all the answers. But if you are not comfortable talking about me because you haven't got a handle on the money because you're spending more than what's coming in um i mean also i've found that there's there's a taboo about money in that we never we were never supposed to talk about money in the household you know how much do you earn where do you spend it on you know and um unfortunately you know kids like you said kids are smarter than you realize they they pick up on so much so when they learn that behavior about their money that that's their role model on money and it goes back to if a parent is unsure about their money habits and everything else, they're not going to be not going to be out there promoting the fact that they don't know anything. Sure. So, 
this is why this game is a great way to play with the kids because the parents will actually get an aha, a lot of aha moments in a very, very basic way and won't feel intimidated because they'll see the logic and go, huh, right. And they'll be happy to talk to the kids about it. And in the meantime, the cogs are going in the background going, right, I need to apply that to my own life. I love it. I love it. So th- this game obviously um, you know, spurs some great lessons about saving spending and you know, yeah. even looking looking towards the future so let's talk about saving for a second with regard to children so what are, what are some good practices parents can do with their kids to help them to learn how to save i, I think it, it, a lot of it's down to discipline and habit i mean that's what it really is and uh, you know what I've know, what I've seen is that if you have less money, you make smarter decisions. You know, like for example, as a parent, you you've got a family of four coming round, you got sixty dollars for that meal. It's easy. But if they've only got thirty dollars, it's still doable. But you're just spending more time thinking about it. So if you take that principle and you apply it to a kid, and you say, right, you give them two dollars a week, and you say, right, I want to put fifty cents away a week. Okay. You got a dollar fifty. These kids now will get used to just receiving a dollar fifty and getting. They will see that grow. So I would almost show them that you know the stack of stack of quarters every week going up and up and up, and then just realize that well you've made the decisions on here. Let's look at the value of what you're spending. So actually, you don't mind saving here. You know, I think that's one of the big things: the fact that they will see that growing, 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 growing over time. And then when it comes to Christmas or birthdays, they've got money for stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's such a simple concept that you know when you say to them, "Well, do you want that comic?" Well, you can have that comic, but do you realize that you won't have anything for next week? Are you are you happy with that? So if if, if you explain the consequences to them so that they know and they make that decision. So, and, and what parents, the biggest mistake I think that parents make is that the kids spend their money. You've told them that's the end of it. There's no more money. It doesn't grow on trees. And then guess what? They go from daddy to mommy to get the money <laughs> or mommy to daddy. To, or, you know, there's no common boundary. There's no common message. That, no, it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. You missed out now. And sometimes tough love is the best way. So then when they realize, oh, I really want that. And we say, well, you've not you've spent everything, you've not put anything aside to, to actually get that. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, well, it's not life or death, really, for a lot of it. You know, if they want to tonk a truck or, or something like that, it's not life or death. They can wait another week or several weeks to get it. Absolutely. Well, I, I, you, you said a lot of great things in there. I love the visualization of, of the money, too. And I think that's probably big for kids because if yeah. you just talk about it, hey, saving's important. But if they see the money grow in mm-hmm. some sort of visual, you know, whether yep. it's a jar or an envelope or mm-hmm. whatever, anything, even just an online system where you can, you know, show them the numbers so they can understand, that helps mm-hmm. out a lot. And I love the... I love the patience as well. That's um, those are very smart, very smart things with regard to saving. So I noticed in some of your cards as we were playing last night, uh, you're big on, I would say, contribution. You know, if you're going to get money, um, then there has to be some sort of contribution that you're providing. So what are your general thoughts uh, based on that, based on my deduction of, uh, of a chore and reward <laughs> system with uh, with kids? Uh, I think it goes back to responsibility. If you're talking about, um, you know, you got to pay thirty cents because you've not done your your you made your bed or you've not you've not done your homework. And I mean, at the end of the day, um, what I've what I've seen is there's a, like I was a school teacher for twelve years, and 
you knew which kids had self-discipline. You knew which kids did their homework on time, and you knew which kids had their self sorted out. So this is a way of just instilling that there's, there's actions, reactions, and consequences. If you don't tidy your room and you've been asked to tidy your room, you're going to get pinged for it, end of. I mean, and that's the point. But I'm also trying to instill good behavior because if a kid doesn't get pinged for doing their homework and they just continue through life not doing their homework, I mean, that's just going to spell trouble later on. It's like being late um, all the time, you know, you, people get sick of you arriving late and then you, you don't invite them or you don't make plans or you end up telling them they're always an hour or two hours late. So you tell them two hours early, you know, <laughs> come here two hours early. But people, when it's life's a competition, you know, you're going to think your kid is going to be better than the other kid to get the job eventually because that's what it is. So if you can instill those beliefs from early on that, hey, they can be on time, then know there's, there's, there's consequences to their actions. So if, you, if you're following the rules, you should be good, you know. And in, in the classroom as well, you know, you learn the boundaries, you learn the rules. These are the kids who, who basically get on in school very, very easily. They're the ones who don't get into trouble with a the teacher. These are the kids that are seen, you know, and the teacher tries to help as much as possible because they only have so much time. So do you, do you reward the good ones or do you fight against the bad ones? So, you, you know, the ones who've got less structure. So all we're just saying is like in life, I mean, like this podcast or whatever, you, you, you've got to do your homework. You've got to know your stuff. You've got to be organized all these things are these basic rules that I'm trying to bring into the game. We'll be back to the show in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month 
each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors today, everybody. Let's jump back into that interview. bit about uh, as kids get a little older you know you start to be in this uh teenager stage or you're off to college and you want a lot more stuff and then credit cards (laughs) they start to get tempting because you can get them and you can get whatever you want how do we educate our children about the the responsibilities and potential dangers of things like credit cards um, first of all, I think, you know, the way we talked about seven-year-olds with actions, reactions, and consequences, and saving first, and learning the value that, hey, you know, there's something for $10 on sale, but you only get paid $10 net babysitting. Is it worth an hour of your time, yes or no? If you take that mentality, you're going to go, okay. Um, so that's the first part of spending. So you see the value of money, and therefore, when I spend my money, is it worth my time? Is it of value to me? That's. I think if you get that fundamentally right, you're going to be right for the rest of the days. Mm. Um, with credit cards, you know, what people don't realize, and this, this is something that um, people don't realize, Andy, you've got to make a payment to something. So do you want to go to a loan shark and borrow some money? Oh, no. Right. Well, isn't a credit card, if you think about it, with the interest rates, is that like a loan shark? Yes, it's not too different. And maybe they won't break your knees, but yeah. Well, well yeah, but 20, 30%, right? Yeah. 20, 30, 40%, depending on your credit score. So in essence, a credit card works in a way that you borrow the money for 30 days, and you pay them back. If you don't pay them back, they hit you for 30% interest, and then it compounds, compounds, compounds. So what I would say to people is that a credit card is your best friend if he's right, but it's your foe, is your enemy if you don't get it right, because you've got, you've got loan shark rates going on, and it goes on and on and on and on. So that $100 purchase later on is worth 220 bucks because you've been paying a minimum payment, which is equivalent of 1% of the premium, 1% of the, of the cost of what you've used. Mm-hmm. And that's all you, and the rest is interest yeah. on the minimum payment, and it's added, added, added. So if you can figure that out, you know, you're golden. Uh, one, of the, one of the people I know is Bill Dwight from FamZoo. I believe he was on your show yeah. recently. I mean, parents, if you're going to teach kids about money and money skills and you don't want to play my game and everything else, get on with FamZoo because you can see as a parent, see what they're spending and saving and transferring money and all those kind of things. Um, but always think that a credit card is like a loan shark in the worst case scenario. You're borrowing money to buy something with a promise that you'll pay them back in 30 days and then it's not a problem. But they're waiting for you to be late payment. 
payers. Mm-hmm. That's how they make them. That's how they make a lot of their money. It's, it's a big business, big business. And, yeah. and, and Bill's but, system, I think, works off of a debit card system. So I think that's maybe a little bit safer, but it also still teaches yeah. the principles of, hey, man, we're mm-hmm. in a digital, you know, crick, mm-hmm. uh, card swiping world. So yeah. might as well expose the kids to it and get an understanding. Well, that's the that's the big big issue is that um, you know and maybe you should do all parents should do this and all kids you should get kids when they go into a store just see who's playing with credit card because everyone's paying with credit card and it's not like physically getting money out of your pocket and going there you go there's some money you don't see it till the end of it so you know you've got to make that extra step and go well I spent two dollars fifty here or I spent a hundred dollars there let me get that hundred dollars out and. Take it out of that pile that's money coming in and put it in the other pile of spent so you get to see what you spent. You have to make that jump. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't. They they spend it, don't realize they spent it, and that's done. And that's why, I mean, since I've come to America, and this is one of my big, big gripes, is that in the England, we have different color notes, bank notes. So a pink, a brown, a, you know, like a turquoise and everything else. So when you go to the store, you pay with a purple, oh, that's 20 bucks. I paid with 20 pounds. Now you know what you spent. You think, oh, where's that 20 gone? Oh, I've spent that. Oh, this is my change. But in America, it's all green notes. So you can, and they're all the same size. So you don't know what you've spent by just quickly looking. Hmm. You know, that's that's that was one of my ways of when I was living in England, how keeping an eye on actually how much I had spent. So, you know, and that's like a credit card. You can't keep an keeping in mind what you spent and you have to be very careful with that. I think that's really important. I mean, uh, the visualization, not only for kids, but for, Mm -hmm. for adults of seeing where it goes and how it goes. I think that's a, that's a great point. So, uh, investing, I've heard you talk about this, uh, in the past, you know, obviously this is a very powerful concept for kids to earn, uh, to, to learn about how do we demonstrate that, you know, maybe this is for, um, you know, uh, young, um, you know, late teenagers or you know, mm-hmm. early, early adults, you said this game goes all the way up to 21. Yeah. You know, how do we start mm-hmm. getting that concept across to those folks about the power of investing early? Um, you know, first, first and foremost, you've got to learn how to put money aside because, as you said, 78% of people live paycheck to paycheck. So they are the have-nots. So investing to a degree like now, it's only 22% of people, if let's use these numbers. Yeah. What I'm about to say investing is actually irrelevant. The rest is irrelevant because they have no money at the end of the month to make the decisions to invest and save and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you've almost got to get that sorted first. But then once they learn to save, you know, the best thing they can do is learn to say, hey, you know, you put a dollar in today, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Just like, you know, parents, maybe if they put 50 cents aside each week and they save $24 or whatever it is, you know, um, a year. And you say for every dollar that you save by Christmas Day, I'm going to give you 10 cents. You know, so now what you've done as a parent, you've literally you you've you've rewarded them, and you can say, right, well, this is this is what what it's all about with savings. You save, you get rewarded. So let's 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 do that. Let's let's make a prize for that. So then now the kids will see that they will come and they will show their show show their piggy bank with all that money in, and then you will walk in with quarters and dimes and nickels, and then you'll go right. Well, how much have you got? So they count it all up, and then you go, okay. Well, then how much did I have? 10%, you know, and they count it up and they add it. 
you know, it is such a, again, it's a visual thing. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you can have conversations. Well, where do I put this money? And you go, well, you know, depending on the age, CDs, all that kind of stuff for the money market, blah, blah, blah. So that, but the actual, before you even start talking about the money market and all that, again, it's the principle. If a kid understands the principle, if you understand the topic, you can explain it. And that's the whole point, because then the rest of it is just reading and listening to the conversation. You go, all right, I understand that now. Oh, he said that, or she said that, or mommy said this. Okay, I know what that means now. Let me have a look in. Let me ask a question, and let me use this money and make it work for me. I think that's great. I mean, it, on all these skills that you're talking about, it's simple math skills. I mean, this mm-hmm. is addition, yeah. subtraction, multiplication, division. These are all things that aren't super complicated, yeah. but yeah. as you say, maybe people get intimidated by because yeah. there's lots of weird acronyms that you don't know the names of and it gets yeah. a little intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, again, I think it, it, you've got to look for relevance, mm-hmm. you know, don't bother trying to teach investing and shares and market until you actually understand the fundamentals of money, which do not change whether you're 7, 17, or 70. It's the same principle. You don't spend more than you have. You learn the value of money. You can save first, spend later, so you have money at the end of the month to do all those things. Yeah. Then you can start putting it together. I think that's great. I mean, the, these that, skills, these simple skills will help that 78%, I think, succeed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, what the, that's the whole point of Cash Crunch is we wanted to – take the have-nots and become the haves by learning the value of money and having money at the end of the month to do all those things, to have the the choice of going on holiday or investing or saving. Mm -hmm. So that's tithing and everything else. Well, that's perfect. Paul, as you were uh, going through this path as a teacher and now being an entrepreneur with Cash Crunch Games, um, what was there a book that you came across that would help young um, young parents to teach their kids to be money smart? Yeah, um, it's a book called I forgot the book now. Um, Keeping my allowance, something allowance with Anne L. Finch. Okay. No cash allowance. It's called No Cash Allowance. Anne L. Finch. That's the name of the book. That is No Cash Allowance. (laughs) I'll throw it in there. (laughs) Really, if you're going to buy a book for for kids, don't look for investing and all that. Look, look for the basics, the fundamentals of what you as a parent can do to teach your kid the value of money and get them thinking about saving, spending, and tithing or whatever. But you don't need to know anything about investing yet until you got those fundamentals sorted. It's like giving you the keys to a Ferrari and go, there you go, drive. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But, you know, if you if it's too much power and it's too much and it's too expensive and everything else, you don't need a Ferrari to get from A to B to start with. I think that's a great so, point. That's a great point. So so for those people who are just getting started, they're not really talking to, uh, talking with their kids much about money. What's one piece of advice we could leave with them today that would get them on the right path? Just be open about it. Look, look at look at when you when you're in the supermarket and you're about to pay. Get them to hand over the money and ask them to, hey, let's. Uh, what will the change be? Or let's have a let's have a, a game of how much do you think's in this basket as you're going around. So they're mentally adding up. You know, things like that. Then it starts to get them naturally to think about budgeting. Just like you know, like an analogy would be when you started driving a car. Remember the first lesson you had in your mirror, signal, maneuver, look in the mirror. Oh, have ten to two with your hands. Oh, where I'm going to drive. Now you're just taking in everything automatically. You've trained yourself to do it, and it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, if you get into the habit of telling these kids, I want you to make a mental note of these things as you're in the store, they can mentally know, actually, how much have I got and how much is in my basket? So they can then start making smarter decisions. So that's one thing, you know, I would just try and make everything everything about money. That's great. That's great. You take the daily task of going to the grocery store and then you're helping your kids become money geniuses (laughs) absolutely well paul where can people check out cash crunch games where's the best place for them to check it out cashcrunchgames.com um yeah we have our funny that (laughs) you are good at getting websites my friend (laughs) there you go cash crunch games yeah so cashcrunchgames.com we have we have the boards on there that you can look and read more and there's even some personal finance lessons and we also have the free online game to play as well we also have a careers platform that we're starting so there's all sorts of things on there so uh, please come on pop on over and, and if you like it let us know because i'm always looking to bring new products out but not only that to improve the products we have and if we have success stories that just makes my day Excellent. so let me know well paul so. thanks so much for being on the show i everybody i love the game i played it last night with zoe actually calvin joined us too he was rolling the dice he couldn't understand the cards but he was rolling the dice <laughs> counting it up and we had a blast so check it out cashcrunchgains.com paul thank you so much for being here today thank you andy appreciate it conversations that will help our kids start their lives in the right direction and why not do it with a fun game right (laughs) zoe and i have been really digging this game actually she now calls it out by name from the shelf when she wants to have some daddy and daughter time it's it's pretty cool maybe Maybe she does this because she knows that I like talking about money and she's being just a sweetheart to me. What a dear. (laughs) Here are my top three takeaways from my chat with Paul today. Number one, help your kids visualize money. If we create a system that allows our kids to see what they are saving, spending, and giving, they will better understand the flow of cash, the cash flow. Nicole and I have used this jar system for our little Zoe for the past couple of years, and this has helped her to understand when she has lots of money for her newest toy or newest princess toy, and then also when she doesn't have any money for that new toy. It's a great learning opportunity for her. And the great thing that's happened is when she's low on cash she turns to me and says hey dad can i uh do some chores to help around the house and earn money and i'm like yes oh yeah you you get it (laughs) yes sweetheart you can do as many chores as you'd like around the house today and i'll give you a dollar for each of those chores so this this is great for me because this is instead of her turning to me and then saying hey dad can i have 20 bucks So I'm really, I'm just really proud of my little girl. Anyway, I got off course there with a little daddy bragging, but um, the point here is to let your kids visualize the cash so they know how they're doing against their goal. And that's the general point of number one there. So number two, become united in your parenting decisions. If mom and dad aren't on the same page with money, then they might not be on the same page when it comes to money for their kids. For example, let's say Zoe goes over to my wife, Nicole, and asks for that 20 bucks we just talked about right after I told her no, that she had to, you know, earn it through chores. And then Nicole says, sure. What does that teach Zoe for the future? Just go to mom, right? She's got the cash and she won't make me work for it like my slave driver dad. (laughs) 
by the way, Nicole would never do this. Um, she's on board with this money parenting plan. She's all about it. So the point here is talk to your spouse about what your thoughts are around chores, rewards, allowances. Is this something that you want to do? And, and by the way, there's no right answer. There's just the way that you and your spouse feel is the best way to go. You have to decide what the right answer is for your family and stick to it. That way we don't confuse the children's. Number three, talk to your kids about money a lot. <laughs> when you're at the grocery store, let them guess how much food costs in the cart. All the whatever hundred things that are in your Costco cart. Just say, hey, take a guess. How much do you think we're spending today on this? It just kind of gives them, gets them involved in, in the process and why you're spending it, how you're spending it. And when you're at the store, explain why you're deciding not to buy something. For example, if mommy decides to buy this super cool new iPhone X, then you won't be able to go to summer camp this, this summer. Ah, okay, I'm getting it. You can discuss future savings goals that you have as a family with your kids. For example, we're saving our money each month so we can go on a family vacation. Just like you're saving each month to buy that new bike, my Zoe girl. The more your kids hear you talk about money and see the decisions you make with money, the better equipped they will be for the future. And as they get older too, it's not bad to even share your money problems with them. This could very well help them to avoid the same mistakes in the future as well. And I know, you know, it kind of sounds like a taboo topic for me to say that, to share your problems with your kids. But have you ever heard someone say, my parents didn't talk a lot about money when I was growing up? Or money was a taboo topic in my house. I, you know, and I don't know what's right or wrong when it comes to money, but the way I want my kids to grow up is with open and honest communication about money. This way, they're going to feel empowered to make the best financial decisions possible. So those were my three takeaways. Number one, help your kids visualize money. Number two, become united in your parenting decisions. And then number three, talk to your kids about money a lot. <laughs> and maybe you're feeling like you're not a super money smart person. That's okay. Talk to them about what you do know. And if you need help, there are tons of great resources out there. We talked about Paul's Cash Crunch Games today, which is a great start. I even came across a really fun web series called Warren Buffett's Secret Millionaires Club. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that because I was laughing. Warren Buffett's Secret Millionaires Club, and it's on YouTube. It's a fun series of four to five minute videos with money lessons for kids. It's more for like preteens and teens, I think, but it's, st it's still, it's great. I'll post it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. And they talk about topics all the way from, you know, where to build your lemonade stand and the product and then how to price it all the way to should you loan your friend money. It's just, it's really good stuff that um, kids should be exposed to. Paul also mentioned famzoo.com is another great resource. Bill Dwight, he was on the show, if you guys remember that one. Uh, he not only has that great product, famzoo, uh, where kids can use their debit cards to responsibly spend. But he also has an awesome blog with great advice for parents too. So the point is here, you don't need to be an expert. Start small, start slow, find good resources, find good people. Shoot me an email if you guys have any questions about it. But either way, this is how we're going to help our kids thrive in the future instead of living paycheck to paycheck. Time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Mike Murphy wrote me an inspiring 
inspiring email that got me fired up about investing and teaching my kids about money. Here's Mike's email. I recently found your podcast and have really been enjoying listening to you and your guests. I also like how you share some money wins of your listeners. We have a money win we'd like to share too. My wife and I recently sold our rental house. This was a house that we bought in the throes of the Great Recession. We bought it for $15,500 cash and I put... $3,000 into it, fixing it up, doing a lot of the work myself. And we've rented out for the past nine years. We just sold this house for over $100,000. If you add up the sales price with the rent collected over the years, it's over 10 times our initial investment. Another positive was that our oldest son helped with the repairs and maintenance and got to see firsthand the benefit of hard work. This also helped him understand the old adage of buy low and sell high. Keep up the good work on the pod. Thanks so much, Mike. What what a great, great win. Congratulations. And what a return on investment, huh? So you got $15,500 plus your $3,000. That's $18,500 invested. And then they sold it for over $100,000. That's at least an $81,500 return in just nine years. You can't get that in the stock market, baby. (laughs) My favorite part of this email is the lesson that Mike's son is learning from this family investment. And do you think that Mike's son is going to know a thing or two about real estate as he gets older? Uh, yeah, I think so. Incredible, man. I'm so inspired to do this with my kids as they get older. We're still considering buying our first rental property by the end of the year. We're saving up our pennies and hopefully we can get there in Q4, but, um, would love to involve our kids. They, They can help us with the properties, you know, um, and they can get paid by by supporting us and taking care of them and have some fun and then they can plan for the future too. So I think this is really how generational wealth is built, my friends. Mike, thank you so much for sharing this family win and congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share in the show? Just send me an email at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail. It's always fun to hear people's voices too. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you either way, written or voice. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 90. This podcast has grown so much in the past few months. Thank you so much for all of your support. Drew from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community reached out to me and told me that this show, quote unquote, makes Mondays fun again. I I mean, you, you got to just love life when you hear stuff like that. Thank you so much, Drew. That's cool. Do me a favor today, my friends, and tell two married friends with kids about this show or anybody that you think that would enjoy this. And tell them about your favorite episode. And then actually, better yet, just download it on their phone. There's a lot of older millennials or Gen Xers or just people in general that don't know how to get podcasts on their phone. So help them discover podcasts in general. And while you're at it, download this show on their phone. Hit the subscribe button and do me a solid. Thank you so much. That would be an awesome way to show your appreciation for this show. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Dave Ramsey. 
Children are sponges. They're going to absorb whatever's around them. So we need to be intentional about what surrounds them. Our modeling will shape our children's financial future. So let's do our best. Carpe diem. 